It's October, and that means horror. And we here at the Dungeon Masters Dojo love a good horror story, just like any other, especially when it's in our Dungeons & Dragons game. And that means it's developing a horror story for your campaign this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo mini-episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters, as well as experienced and new players alike. We hope to bring you the tools needed to not only be a great GM, but to help you develop as a player. I'm your host, Louis Aponte. Our stars of the show are Scott Labby and Bill Robotile. Let's enter the dojo and see what both Bill and Scott have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. How's it going? Horrific. Horrific. Horror stories. Do they have a place in regular campaign or in Dungeons and Dragons at all? I believe they do. Um, I, I've always done really well with uh, with a little bit of horror. Yeah, I think especially around uh, the Halloween season, they have their place. We do one usually every year around that time. It's usually a great time when we do that. It, it is. It is. Uh, we dabble a little bit in White Wolf when we do that, but you can certainly... Yeah, we delve into the W.O.D., World of Darkness. Yep. We do a little bit of vampire, a little bit of... So, yeah. Yeah. The Halloween's a fun time. It's one of my favorites. Well, you could certainly do that same thing with your D&D game. Absolutely. I know I set one up in a mausoleum one year. I think I remember that. Yeah, I don't think I made it because I was you, a little scared. Yeah. Uh, only six people showed up out of uh, the, the nine that I invited. And the other three said, well, no, I, I got this uh, other thing going. It was epic. It was epic. I had, pro- I had props. I had sound effects. How does one go about getting into a mausoleum, getting permission to do so? Right. Number one, I know people. Number two, permission? Okay. I'm not even going to ask what your gaming table was because it, <laughs> it did. Unless pre- the it statute did, of limitations has it, expired it, it on did, it. It did predate this group. So, yeah, we're talking a while back. Being that I've been at it for 40 some odd years, it, it was a while back. But, yeah. It was fun. I think Robert was actually talking about that one. He was talking. He's one of the other ones that bailed on me. Yep. Yep. He bailed on me. But I mean, I, I had it set up where I had sound effects. I had I had assistance um, out in the perimeter of the area uh, running you know, like chains and sounds and, and things like that. That was exactly 30 years ago. I had to remember how old I was. I was 20 years old. Yeah. 22. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably about 30 years ago. And uh, I even I even had a friend of mine who had a, a massive Rottweiler and he showed him. At shows, and I used to go too, and I knew all the hand signals. And he brought him with a big spike chain and the whole bit, and gave him something neat. So he was drooling a lot, and then would send him off. And he caught my hand signals, which everyone thought I was just kind of talking. Well, I was actually using the hand signals, and on cue, I called for this giant hound from hell came out of the darkness, and sure as crap, this 180 pound Rottweiler comes out of nothing and just comes up alongside me. I just reached out and started petting its ear nonchalantly like it was there the whole time. It sat down alongside me, started looking the table over and after a few minutes, I just gave a little signal and he blew the little dog whistle. The dog just kind of got up and quietly and I gave him a little pat and he quietly walked away and I never looked at the dog at one point at all. I just looked at the table and the whole table staring at this dog that came out of nowhere on cue in a mausoleum during Halloween yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I remember hearing the stories about that. Sorry, I missed it. <laughs> I tried to put another one together. No one would show. 
we knew better. <laughs> so yeah, Halloween, I love Halloween. And Halloween, of course, is the prime time to add a little element of horror to your uh, to your D&D campaign. Even if it's just a one-shot. If you're just even dabbling into it just for a couple couple sessions. It's still a really good time to do so out of any time oh, of yeah, the year. I mean, you, you can you can dip into the Ravenloft if you want, which is a little, you know, kind of already set up for you. But uh, that's a little expected. It's a little more yep. fun to throw a one shot and start it off like anything else and then slowly start turning up the horror o meter and uh, see what happens. And that's that's what we're here to talk about. The horometer. Horror meter. <laughs> I'm not even trying to say it. It sound, actually it'll sound bad. No, I could say horrorometer, but I but but I couldn't get the damn intro right. We had to do it like twelve times. <laughs> Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser to leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is with a small monthly donation so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to Anchor to the Dungeon Masters Dojo page and click the support button. Now on to this week's episode. So designing a horror story. Let's talk about that. Yeah, designing a horror story for your D&D campaign or any other tabletop RPG is really no different than developing any other sort of story. It's important to determine where your starting point is and where your plot hooks are going to be placed and, of course, the general plot of the story. So if you're new to dungeon mastering or if you are new to developing and running a horror adventure, it's probably best that you do a series of one-shots and not attempt to develop an entire campaign based on horror. Unity is key in designing a horror story, so every encounter should be you know, interrelated. They should fit with the theme that you choose. It's very hard to make a horror story work if there's no theme or interrelationship between the various encounters, whether they be combat encounters or not. There's got to be an end. Uh, an open-ended story just doesn't work, so there needs to be you know, a clearly defined ending point, a final showdown, something that it indicates a finale. Let's not forget the most important aspect of every horror story, and that is quite simply an element of horror. Without this, it's just a story. So as a dungeon master, you have to be certain that you can bring that sense of horror to your table so that there is suspense and fear. This is not always easy and can seem a little daunting, even to a seasoned dungeon master. You need to ramp it up. You're going in a different direction here. So There's a reason why there's specific authors dedicated to horror and they don't often leave their genre it's 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 a niche and it's in my opinion it's not always easy to write a horror campaign and then uh run it at the table you have to be very good at delivering that type of of story element to your players for it to really well uh, yeah you know you you do a little bit of research and and then you got to set the mood yeah and and you could easily run into a situation with like alien and aliens alien was very much so like a suspenseful kind of horror thing mm-hmm. and aliens was a bunch of uh D players uh beating the shit out of aliens and then getting eaten by them you know so it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't scary yeah you went from a story to a dungeon crawl yeah they were like really well prepared and i mean granted it was 
a good movie, but still, you know, it wasn't a horror movie, really. Right. Not like the first one. Well, you got your, your mood of horror. You're, you're going to need to develop a mood for your game. The mood of your story is going to determine how effective your horror is going to be. It's very important to determine beforehand what sort of mood that you're going to want to convey in your story. Mood is another word for the general atmosphere of the story itself. Uh, the town that your adventuring party may be in, the NPCs they encounter, and any other locale that they may travel to. So how do you develop mood? Who are the player characters able to trust? And once they begin to trust certain people, is there a betrayer among them? Claustrophobia is another good mood setter. Being stuck in a small confined space like a cave or after a cave-in, perhaps there are some undiscovered creatures in the cave hungering for humanoid flesh. It's dark, damp, and claustrophobic. The PCs have a hard time moving about. They are unable to swing their weapons effectively. Some may not even be able to see. Confusion can add to the atmosphere of your horror stories as well. Adding confusion, such as the PCs not knowing what's going on, what's happening, or having to question where they actually are or if what they're experiencing is even real. Look at any well-done horror movie, and there's always an element of desperation. As though the main characters could meet their end at any minute. To effectively convey a feeling of desperation at the game table, make sure you, your antagonist is not something that the players or the characters can easily handle. This may require doing a great deal of research and an already existing monster so they, you really know how to effectively portray them. If an existing monster in Dungeons & Dragons lore is not a good fit for your horror story, then homebrew one. Uh, make sure that there's some lore behind it. This will add the element of horror, along with desperation, and a good sense of paranoia is always essential to a good horror story. And this works beautifully with the betrayal and distrust. Yeah, you have to have that uh, scene where someone's running through the woods and repeatedly falling. Yes. Uh, while whatever homebrew monster you have is casually strolling through the woods with yeah, no matter how implement. No matter how slow the mummy you know runs, someone always trips and the mummy's right yep. there. You got to have a good screamer at your table, too. There you go. The interactions of the players with NPCs in their environment should feed into this atmosphere for it to be an effective horror story at the table. The atmosphere has to be consistent. If it's not, then you run the risk of having your Dungeons & Dragons story have elements of horror and not your horror story have elements of Dungeons & Dragons. Take the time to select one, maybe two elements of mood to add to your horror story, but I wouldn't take more than two. Doing so will muddy the waters a little bit and derail your horror story. If you're going to take more than one element, make sure that they work well together. Otherwise, your players and their characters won't know what to feel. When choosing a setting for your horror story, I recommend just making up your own setting. Now, this could be in the Forgotten Realms, Eberron, or whatever campaign setting your group happens to use. Just make up a particular setting for the horror story. No need to make up an entirely new campaign setting. Your setting can be an old ship, perhaps the PC boarded an old sailing vessel uh, that they found adrift at sea. They're exploring the ship. You know, when they discover that the boat they came on is, is gone, uh, now they're alone on this ghost ship. Uh, maybe it's a castle or an old manor house, a seemingly peaceful sylvan wood, a small town. Whatever your setting is, determine how the horror is going to fit in that setting. Again, the two have to be interrelated for your horror story to work effectively. When determining your setting, make sure that you add an element of shock to it. Something that your PCs wouldn't expect to see or encounter in the particular setting you've provided them. For this to work, it cannot be too much of a cliché. If you're going to go with an old cliché, you have to somehow make it new and exciting or else your players are going to have an expectation of what's going 
to be around every corner, and that's going to strip the horror out of the game. Good point. Now on to the meat, the plot. All the hard work that you've done developing your story means nothing if there's no reason for the PCs to be where they are at that point. So, the plot, like in other stories, is still very important to the horror story. Make sure you have a good plot. Simply put, if the PCs have no reason to be there, they're not going to. Sandbox and horror stories just don't work well together, so there's got to be a general outline for the plot. Don't give PCs free reign. They'll derail your horror story within the first 20 minutes of the first session. You know how those PCs do it. (laughs) Yeah, Lou. I didn't do it this time. (laughs) When dealing with a horror story, the what, who, why are all really important. And because of this, the freeform style just doesn't work. One thing to also give some consideration to is that the storyline, if it's too rigid, it doesn't work. You're going to have to find that happy medium in between. For the DM, they're going to need to know how to balance these two extremes. And what that entails really is knowing what the motivations of your antagonist and NPCs are and how they're going to execute their plans. Player agency should also come into play here. You don't want to railroad your players, but you want them to work within your story, so provide them with opportunities to do so and be creative. And now, onto the hook. If you're like us, then your players will never do what you want or expect them to do. They're going to do precisely what they want to do and throw a curveball every time. How do you get them into your horror story? I will seldom bring the horror story to my players. I will most often bring the players to the horror story and then keep them from leaving. They're stuck on a ghost ship and the ship they arrived at, the ghost ship in is now gone. The quiet sylvan village they have arrived in is full of secrets, but now there is an invisible barrier that keeps them from escaping. Why? They're going to have to determine why that is. Bring your PCs to the story. Make it so they can't leave until they've worked through the story. There's got to be something done for that magical barrier to fall, allowing them then to walk out of the village. Perhaps at the end of a gruesome day, they simply pass out on the deck of the ghost ship and then next morning awaken to a simple fishing ship pulling up alongside of them. One of the big points that I think should be remembered is that there is an inherent social contract to any tabletop role-playing game, and Dungeons & Dragons is no exception. When running a horror-themed game, I always like to have a discussion with my players to reestablish what is appropriate and what is off-limits. I encourage you to do the same as well, and once that's established, to abide by those those limits. Absolutely. Some people aren't going to be comfortable, so let's make them all comfortable and have a good time. Hey, guys. What's up? Tom just came in. Tom? Yeah. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Believe it or not, he's one of our WOD... um, GMs for us that's run a couple games for us. Yeah, he is uh, the WOD uh, GM. Why don't, you, why don't you guys get some input from him and see what he has to say? Well, we're going to lock the door <laughs> so he can't leave. <laughs> it's locked. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Excellent. We're doing great because we were blundering our way through an episode on horror stories and lo you just be, happened lo to materialize. Be, yeah, lo and behold, here's our expert on horror stories. I wouldn't call myself that. <laughs> well, you won't, but we will because you're better at it than we are. By by leaps and bounds. So when when you're putting together now, you you run Tom runs D and D uh, and um, World of Darkness, yes, a, as well. But when you're putting together a even if it's just something that's going to last a session or two, you know, like our kind of our our Halloween one shots that we do. 
how do you put that together and make that different from like a standard like D and D or like a modern adventure? How do you how do you add that element of horror and the supernatural to your campaign? Because when you run, we're in. You know, oh, yeah. we're we're into the story. We're you know into into what's going on, and we're having a good time. What is it that you you do to kind of what's your inspiration? Yeah, I guess I like using people against themselves, characters against themselves. I guess it wouldn't be inspiration, but that's what I like to do is you develop the backstory in each character first so that they have different weaknesses for the game master to exploit against them. And that really helps the story um, uh, hit a lot more bumps than not. And we've said it a bunch of times, drama is a good story. Uh, That it is. And uh, that's... I can see where sometimes that desperation comes in well, you know, like, when I, we're we're in your game and we're 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 doing those Halloween one shots or whatever and uh, well you're you're capitalizing on our weaknesses you're capitalizing on our backgrounds and throwing things in there to kind of trip us up and and add to that. See, boys and girls, it's not just us that wants backgrounds because backgrounds are key. I think another uh, key point also is knowing your players uh, before you do a horror story. I mean. Uh, you could set up a horror story with a new group, but it's not going to be as good as if uh, you're playing a horror story with a group that of people that you know, and you know their weaknesses, and you know what they're going to jump at, where you can flip the script on them. You know, they're going to go after a monster knowing that they know how to take it on, and for it to be a completely different monster, or for it to have a different set of weaknesses than than normal or for any other opportunity certain people like to just be a little chaotic uh, certain more than people where we, we can even <laughs> tom looked at lou i just and he's our guest that just happened to walk in that's beautiful that's not fair and that's knowing your players that's, that's knowing your players there you go and for someone like uh, i guess lou uh you throw in something that's going to hinder the party when he jumps at it <laughs> <laughs> and that adds a little bit of a handicap to the party. There you go. So, I mean, and, and I think it's beautiful that he hit a, a bunch of points that we've been over in previous episodes and stuff, all in a nice little, little nutshell right there. Push the backgrounds, know your players, pit them against each other, you know, know their weaknesses, know their strengths, and exploit them and have fun. And that's this week's mini episode on developing a horror story for your campaign. Look for more DM quick tips, uh, our new segment, A Monster in Minutes, and the all-new mini-episodes for this month. Halloween is in October, and that means all our Dungeon Master JoJo's content in October is Halloween-themed. See you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.